0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, and it's been a while. I apologize for my absence. I've been very busy with a new job that has me traveling coast to coast, gearing up for a move, so a lot of things on my plate right now, Um, but this is the one week that I've been back home and settled and in a routine, and I wanted to wait for the right time to address the listeners, uh, so I thank you guys for your patience, but just address the state of things as far as the Atlanta Hawks, your Atlanta Hawks, in the midst of a playoff run, Um, and, and that's what they're in right now. They're in a playoff run, gearing up, not a lot of games left on the schedule when you look at the schedule. I mean, since the, since the last time we recorded, we've missed several games on the pod. So this episode, I wanted to wait for the right time to kind of talk over things. And this is not an episode where I'm going to toot my own horn or say that I was right. But I'm going to just give you the state of things for the Hawks. I mean, because if we're being real, we're looking at the standings. The last episode, I talked about We are destined for the play-in. Destined for the play-in. And didn't get a lot of pushback on that. I think everyone kind of saw things for what they were. And as we stand right now, your Atlanta Hawks are three and a half games back from the lead in the Southeast Division. And ironically, you are three and a half games back from... Obviously, right now, leading the division right now is the Miami Heat, who are now the sixth seed in the East. So you're three and a half games back from the sixth seed. Miami's been seven and three in the last 10 games. I don't see us catching them. Brooklyn has finally fallen to a playing spot, which could bode well for the Hawks in a playing scenario. So... I think when you look at the standings, despite the Hawks being 4-6 and six in the last 10 games and the last several games since I've recorded, we've seen the Hawks win a close game, win in a blowout fashion. We've seen them get blown out. We've seen them lose after playing as hard as they possibly could, uh, like they did last night in Minnesota, but late-game execution, turnovers... A couple with some interesting calls, especially in that third quarter for both teams. But you see that. And when you see games where Hawks are blowing teams out, winning close, winning ugly, losing ugly, getting blown out, losing even though they're playing as hard as they possibly can. That inconsistency is why the Hawks are below 500 right now, 36-37. and A game under five hundred, you're in a play-in spot, which, like I said, it's not a bad spot to be in. To be, to be frank, it's not a bad spot to be in when you look at the fact that your are playing game was going to be the Miami Heat, who you lost the season series to three to one. Instead, you would be going up against a Brooklyn Nets team that you're going to see. Here shortly, and actually when you're looking at the schedule as it sits, the Hawks will take on the Brooklyn Nets not this Friday, but next Friday. They're going to take on the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Schedule has been the schedule. There's been some winnable games. There's been some games that they've lost uh, that Minnesota game was ugly at home. I mean, even though Trey Young had 41, you get blown out at home by the T-Wolves, and you got to win that game. You have to win that game. And then you you turn around, and you have an opportunity to close it out. You're up by 10, 8 or 10, with about 7 minutes left in the game. And you let Minnesota go on a run, and you, you commit some turnovers, and, you know... Bad shot selection and defense, which has been an issue the entire year. They are now in the 20s in defensive efficiency. That has steadily declined in the last two months. But you lose a winnable game when you played hard against Minnesota on the road to try to get that get back within an eight-day time span, and you lose. Um, You take care of business against Detroit at home. You blow them out. You were up 25 on San Antonio on a road and lost by eight. So you let a 33 point swing on the road against one of the worst teams in the NBA in the first game back in San Antonio for DeJounte Murray. And you lose that game. You take advantage of a Golden State Warriors team that's been struggling on the road. And you beat them at home. So since we last recorded, the Hawks are 2-3. and And I said that the end of this year was going to be gearing up for the playoffs and an evaluation period, not for Quinn Snyder himself as coach, but this roster, this roster. As it stands right now, Quinn Snyder's record, if you're keeping track of that, Currently, as the Hawks' head coach, he is five and seven overall, so two games below 500 And if you're comparing that to Naaman Melon, and most people aren't, they're beyond Nate McMillan. They are glad to have moved on, but some of those problems that you thought that were going to magically be fixed with Naaman Melon being gone are still persisting. And yes, you're going to the same people who are going to give every excuse in the book for Quinn Snyder are the same people who push Naaman Melon out. Oh, you got to give him time to implement his system. It's only been 12 games and all this stuff. But yet, he couldn't have make an impact. And this is not harsh criticism. This is not a crap on Quinn Snyder segment because I have nothing to crap on with him. But I've always said that this problem was personnel, not coaching. And we're seeing the same problems persist under a third coach this year. And, yes, it's early. He hasn't had time to really affect the culture, um, make his pick as far as who he wants on the coaching staff, which I expect some turnover to be there. Um He hasn't been able to put his imprint on this team yet. So, this is not to come at Quinn Snyder. This is going back to what I've been saying all along. Our personnel is not good enough to get done right now. Get it done. It's not. As in, when I mean, when I look at the numbers, I mean, as great as Trey Young has been, I mean, he has been the last 10 games. Trey Young is shooting 45% from the floor, 40% from three, just under 86% from the free throw line, averaging nine, almost nine and a half assists, three and a half rebounds, and almost a steal and a half per game. That's really good basketball. And then when you if you really want to break it down to um if you if you want to break it down to, you know, since I mean, and those numbers basically coincide with when uh, Quinn Snyder came along. But when you break it down to the month of March compared to the month of February, I mean, the numbers are the sister down. Points are down a little bit. Turnovers are slightly up, but his percentages are better. He's being more efficient, but, and he's been leading the team and scoring and has given his team chances where chances seem bleak, but in the end, it's, I mean, it's not enough. It really isn't enough. Um, And that's that's the roster. I mean, DeJounte Murray's been inconsistent. I think Bogey's on the chopping block. John Collins, who had a good game against Minnesota in a losing effort, and it seems like all of his really good games are in losing efforts. I mean, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, but 5 fouls. 15 against Detroit, 14 against San Antonio, 22 against Golden State. So in the last four games, he's been playing well, but you're 500. You're 500 in that stretch. And it's no secret that this year he is well below his all his season averages. He's down three points in points per game. He is down almost a rebound and a half, statistically. Free throw percentage is up. Three-point shooting percentage is down. Field goal percentage is down. He's not the same John Collins, which is why I've clamored for Sadiq Bey maybe taking that spot and bringing John Collins off the bench. Now you're going to sacrifice defense, which your defense is already bad as it is. So what are we really talking about here? <laughs> but it's just a matter of, like I said, Quinn Snyder evaluating the pieces that he has on his roster and really making a decision of who he wants to move on with this offseason. Uh, Sadiq has played solid basketball, especially the last two games. It was a stretch where he hit his lull. Um, But solid last two games, shooting over 50% from three. Uh, That's good. I mean, I expect Bogey to be gone this offseason. Bogey's been in double digits the last four games, which is good. But when you look at his percentages... I mean, I'm sure that, I mean, he's shooting 44% for the floor, not bad. 40% from three in the month of March, that's pretty solid. Decent from the free throw line, uh, just under 88%. So that's good. Just under 12 points per game. Hasn't had the crazy outburst of points like we saw him score 20 points or more in 16 points or more in four games in the month of February. So we're not seeing that. I mean, and his scoring points per game has gone down as the season progressed. But he's becoming more efficient. So we're seeing Trey's numbers go down. Bogie's numbers go down. DeJounte Murray's numbers have gone down in the month of March. Um he's getting less efficient. Um, he was shooting really. He was shooting just under 36% from three in around 48% from the field in the month of February. And for the month of March, he's shooting 25% from three, 42% from the field. Um, his points are down by a point uh, as far as per game. Uh, the assist numbers are the same. Rebound numbers are pretty much the same. His steals have gone up. So, what we're seeing is a lot of inconsistency as far as our personnel. Our personnel is inconsistent. And part of that stems from maybe player development, how they were utilized with Naomi Mellon, if you want to throw that at him. Um, you got to blame it on the players itself. I think player development is, It should be a partnership between the organization and the coaching staff and that player. And clearly, that partnership was not there um, the last few years, in my opinion. But, I mean, you just have to put – what we're seeing is you're seeing inconsistent numbers speak to the fact why this team is inconsistent every night. It's inconsistent on the defensive end, inconsistent in executing, inconsistent in shot distribution, um, moving the ball, assist, which I think has gotten a little bit better under Quinn Snyder. Um, and who is the third option every night? That changes. Hell, we're getting inconsistency out of our second option in DeJounte Murray. He's out. He was out yesterday with an illness, but um, we're not getting that... You know, 19 to 22 points, and I'll even drop it down to 18. 18 to 22 points a night with about seven assists and maybe a steal or two. We're not seeing that consistently right now. We're seeing Trey Young put the team on his back, but we're not seeing him elevate the play around him. Uh, Yes, he's getting assist numbers, but assisting is not necessarily elevating your team. And empowering your team. Um, The guy who's been probably the consistent third option all year. uh, And DeAndre Hunter. Even he's been inconsistent. But he's well above his season average. I mean his career average in points per game this year. He is up free throw percentage. Three point shooting percentage. Field goal percentage. Everything's up for DeAndre Hunter. And we're seeing a healthy DeAndre Hunter. He's played 63 games this year. 63 games this year. I mean, that's a win in itself. I mean, he hasn't played 63 games in a season since his rookie year. So this is the most games that he has played this year. And he's been a little bit more consistent, but even he has some consistency issues right now. Jalen Johnson's out with an injury, uh, the hamstring right now. He'll be reevaluated in a week, but his minutes have been inconsistent the entire season. He's been getting a little bit more clock. It seems like Quinn Snyder liked him a little bit more than A.J. Griffin right now. And now he's out. And Jalen, and Jalen Johnson was playing really good basketball, in my opinion. It's definitely getting better and better. A.J. Griffin, I mean, he's going to reap the benefits, and I hate to say that like that, of Jalen Johnson being out, but... It's no secret his numbers has dipped since Quinn Snyder's been coaching. He hasn't played as much. And I don't see anybody complaining about that. I see Jalen Johnson getting more more clock. But I mean, even his minutes are still inconsistent. It's night-to-night basis with him. John Collins, we already know his inconsistency. Um, probably the, the most solid player on our team consistently, and who's been playing really good basketball lately, has been on Yeko Okongwu. And Yekka Okongwu has been playing great off the bench. A lot of people are clamoring for him to start. I don't think necessarily he needs to start at center. I think he's more of a four personally. But he's been playing much better, even into Capella's minutes. And Capella has not been playing bad, in my opinion. I don't think Capella's been playing bad at all. I like the two-center system that we're using. I would like some more depth this offseason in that position. But the moral of the story is I'm not criticizing Quinn Snyder. I am just pointing the facts out that even with the change of coach, yes, he hasn't been able to put his imprint on this team. The inconsistency still remains, and that is on this personnel. I think, and I will continue to say this, and I know this for a fact, people may come at me. I know for a fact not everybody in that locker room likes each other. They don't necessarily enjoy playing with each other right now, regardless of who's the coach. So change has to come this offseason, especially if you're going to keep some certain pieces here on this team. You have to look towards the future. You have to decide this offseason who is a high priority? What am I willing to give up? You have to evaluate all, all possibilities. People will not like me saying this, but, and I know that behind closed doors, the Hawks have inquired about Trey Young's value in the market, and they did not like what they heard. But, and I don't think that value has gone up uh, personally, but you have to weigh your options. You have to decide, what you have to mesh with what what Quinn Snyder wants, the pieces on this franchise, the moves that possibly could be made, and what the vision is for the future. You have to evaluate that now. You have to evaluate that now. When high-pressure situations, big games, you're trying to make a playoff push. Right now you seem complacent. You're playing hard, but you see, they're playing hard but complacent with being in a play-in position. And right now playing Brooklyn is not the worst thing as far as in a play-in scenario. You beat Brooklyn, you become the seventh seed. You become the seventh seed and get into the playoffs, then if you're the Atlanta Hawks, you're going to be playing, and I'm looking at the standings right now. Right now, it would be the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series. That's tough sledding. That's tough sledding in a seven-game series. I'm just going to be frank. You lost that season series to Boston this year, and it wasn't close. That's a tough seven-game series. I don't expect the Hawks to win that series, and now you're to the offseason, and now the decisions have to come. I mean, this this is the state of where we're at. I know there was a lot of really optimistic people that the Hawks maybe can turn things around with Quinn Snyder, rally the troops, play for each other. But, and and like I said, I'm not questioning effort. I'm not questioning heart. But the fact remains that this team does not execute consistently, does not move the ball consistently, does not defend consistently. They don't have a consistent third score that... Is trustworthy every night. We don't have that big three. Our second option is really ball dominant. So he's inconsistent. Trey tries to figure out when to defer, when to attack. And even he, he's been more consistent and more efficient, but even he has some inconsistency. And there's really nothing this coaching staff can do about it until they truly just evaluate things this off season and Hawks, Really look at themselves in the mirror and make some decisions for the future. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to look ahead at the remaining uh, games left uh, leading into the play-in spot for the Hawks. And briefly talk about some highs and lows from the games I've missed on this uh, podcast. It's great to be back. Um, Hope you guys are happy to have me back. Um, But certainly here to stay. Here to stay, no matter where I'm moving, but we'll be back right after this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other ranked list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. In Ethos, 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Tough loss last night against the T-Wolves on the road. Uh Carl Anthony Town free throws down the stretch really put it away. Like I said, a lot of turnovers, especially in that fourth quarter. The Hawks had a a lead with seven minutes left. And they just, I mean, in a questionable call on John Collins at the end. Um, But in the end, the officials made the call that they did. And I mean. They acknowledge that after the game that they missed, they missed you know the call at the end of the game, but I mean it is what it is. It is what it is. It's the game of basketball, human error, referees. You hate to be on that side of it, uh, but outside of that play, it was late game execution and turnovers that bit the Hawks in the rear again. Despite having 29 from Trey Young, 16 from DeAndre Hunter. Um, and it was the second out of a back to back. Um They fell short. Like I said, the Hawks did not play terrible. Didn't play terrible. I mean, they shot 54% from the floor. Uh they were 12 or 26 from three. And this one just got away and even Quinn Snyder talked about it post game a shot here a foul here a call here a missed shot there um it just kept coming back to the same thing he said they kept competing and which was most important to him at this time and he's evaluating competing is what he wants to see but you just kind of saw it going in that direction as things progressed when you know the runs they would let Minnesota go on. I mean, you let Nas Reed score 26 on you. And I, I like Nas Reed. I'm, I, I'm an LSU fan. I, I remember him at LSU. I like Nas Reed. I didn't like seeing him score 26 on the Hawks. I mean, you. I mean, Jaden McDaniels scored 25. Towns had 22 in his return. Conley had 13. Gobert had 12 points, 12 rebounds, and he didn't look that intimidating defensively. Torian Prince, the former Atlanta Hawk, 15 points off the bench. Bench production was huge for the T Wolves. Um, I mean, the Hawks shot better from the field than the T Wolves. Uh, Minnesota shot just under 49%, uh, 42% from three compared to 46% from three for the Hawks. Um, when it really came down to it, turnovers, 16 turnovers for the Atlanta Hawks. You can't have it. They moved the ball fairly well, 28 team assists. They were down one in the rebound column. That's not terrible. Um, but the offensive glass was in favor of Minnesota. Um You have seven players in double digits for the Hawks. Like I said, offensively, it was not the problem. I mean, your offense was not the problem. It continues to not be your problem. It is your defense that's killing you. It's your defense that's killing you. In this game, outside of defense and their inability to get stops and stretches, turnovers. 16 turnovers, six of them by Trey Young. And your inability to get stops down the stretch and execute in turnovers, allowed you a possession here here, and there. You lose by one on the road. Like I said, 29 from Trey Young, 8 assists, 16 from both John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, 11 from Capella, 11 from Bogey. You kind of need more from him when De- DeJounte Murray is not playing. Off the bench, you had 16 from Sadiq Bay. He had four threes, 14 points, seven rebounds, three blocks from Okongu. He had a really good game off the bench. Um, but their bench outperformed us. We couldn't get stops. Rebounded margin, turnovers, kind of the same old, same old for the Atlanta Hawks. When you look at that that Warriors win, I mean, and re- re- we're going to go positive. I mean, that was that was a good win. The Hawks came out swinging, 39 points in the first quarter. And that kind of really set the tone for the rest of the game if you're the Atlanta Hawks. And that's that was a good win. Uh, the Warriors are kind of in a similar position. I I mean, they're just coming off a championship, but as far as battling and trying to not be in the play-in, but just battling for a playoff position in a tight conference race, especially out there at West. Um, Like I said, when you're looking at the Hawks, they did get out-rebounded, but you forced 17 turnovers of the Golden State Warriors. You score 21 points off those turnovers. That is the difference in the game. That is the difference in the game. Points off turnovers. Forcing turnovers. The Hawks moved the ball well that game. They shot the ball well from three. 39% will take that. You shot 47% from the floor. Um, You hold the Warriors to 27% from three. That's a win. That's a win. You force them to, to attack the paint. And because you had a solid defensive game plan, you challenge them on the three point line more so than not and you force turnovers you get the win you get the win in that game and that was that was a big that was a big win. You needed that win. Um so that was a really positive moment for them to beat the defending chance and even up that season series. You should have beat them the first time but to get your get back. I mean Steph Curry, he wasn't super efficient. 31 points six rebounds, five assists, six turnovers. You'll take that. You'll take that. 18 for DiVincenzo, 15 from Klay Thompson, 11 rebounds, 5 assists from him. You'll take that. I'm sorry. You're going to take that. Uh, Looney had 18 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, (laughs) the Hawks win. You're you're going to take that. You didn't let the bench go crazy. But your bench, you got production. 19 off the bench from McCongo to add 7 rebounds, 2 blocks, and a steal. 12 from AJ Griffin. He finally got some minutes, 21 minutes in that game. Bogey with 14 off the bench. Five from Sadiq Bey. Solid bench production. You get 22 points or more from John Collins and Trey Young. Trey Young, 12 assists to go with 25 points, six rebounds, four turnovers. One of your better games, in my opinion. Um, DeJounte Murray struggled, 10 points, 4-14 from the floor, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, though. So tried to do other things, even if his shot's not going in, which is what I respect about DeJounte Murray. But goes back to my point, we need a third option scoring, a more reliable third option scoring, which I think that's what the Hawks need to go shopping for this offseason. And then I got to go back to the bad. You're up 25 points on Sorry, 24 points, excuse me, on one of the worst teams in the NBA in the San Antonio Spurs and you lose by eight. You allowed you allowed the Spurs to outscore you thirty nine to twenty in the third quarter. You came out of halftime thinking you won a game and got blitzed. You didn't you didn't play well in the second half at all. And that's what led you to lose that game. You allow Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell, solid young players, um, to each have 29 points. You let the Spurs shoot 54% from the floor, 50% from three. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. Again, defense, especially in that second half, is what got the Hawks beat. It's not offense. Like I said, if you're the Hawks, You shot just under 48% from the floor, shot poor from the three-point line, 22% from three is not going to get it done. Um, But defense, it comes back to defense. The Spurs moved the ball better than you. You couldn't force more turnovers on a bad team. You couldn't force more turnovers. And you just played really bad defense in that second half. And you lose that game on the road, a game that should have been a slam dunk. Should have been a slam dunk. I mean, nine points from Trey Young that game. Six assists, five turnovers, four rebounds. That's the second time in the last 10 games Trey Young has scored under 10 points. That's there's that. Like I said, he's been better lately, but that inconsistency is still there. Murray. You know, 22 points going back to San Antonio, where he played five, six years, five years. 22 points on 25 shots, not efficient. Eight assists, six rebounds. Not an efficient game from him. 15 points, 12 rebounds for Capella, solid. 12 points from Hunter, 14 points from Collins. Off the bench, he gets 17. Again, from Okongu, seven rebounds from him. 15 from A.J. Griffin, Five, I mean, sorry, seven rebounds for him off the bench. 13 from Bogey. Solid bench production. Can't get stops. It's defense. You play much better defense against the Pistons in the win. So we're doing the ebbs and flows as far as the last several games are concerned. Dominating performance. Detroit shot just under 41% from the floor. That's a win. You, You dominate them on the glass. You didn't need to force them to turn the ball over a lot, because uh, you just dominated on the glass and played really solid defense. And they took a lot of bad shots and missed a lot of bad shots. That's a bad team in Detroit. That's a that's a bad team in Detroit. And a lot of you think the Hawks are a bad team. They're not a bad team. They're just inconsistent. Um, but dominating performance, you get thirty from Trey Young, and you, you just you just lead from wire to wire. 18 for Bogey, uh, 15 from Collins, 12 from Hunter, 12 from Capella. I mean, everybody on the bench damn near scored outside of two players. So, um, I know the people with the fewest minutes, Fernando and Forrest. But you have a dominating win, but then you get dominated by the T Wolves here in Atlanta. Um, And it was just a bad, bad game. Bad game. So, the ebbs and flow of the Hawks the inconsistency the lack of the lack of ability not ability but lack of execution especially on the defensive end is the problem with this team a lot of people fought me saying that oh we need to do, we need to get better offensively at blah 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 i'm like offense has never been the issue for the atlanta hawks it has always been defense and that is what's going to hold them back that and the inconsistencies as a team. It is what's going to hold them into a playing spot. Allow them to get the win. Um, I think they're going to make it out to the play-in. I, they'll make it out to play-in. But I don't see them winning a first-round series. N- not this year. Not without some moves being made on this team. If you're looking at the schedule. Nine games left. Nine games left, three of them on the road. You have the luxury of having several home games. You're going to see the Pacers at home, who are battling injury injuries right now. The Grizzlies, who playing solid basketball, that's going to be a well attended game on a Sunday evening. The Cleveland Cavaliers at home. That's always going to be a battle. That's going to be a well attended game. You go see Brooklyn, who you're probably going to see in a playing game. You take on Dallas at home. You travel to the Bulls. You take on the Wizards again to try to close out that season series or to win. You take on the 76ers at home and then on the road at Boston. Not the easiest schedule. Not the easiest schedule. But if you're the Hawks, you got to find a way to get some consistency, especially on the defensive end. And find some continuity, find some rhythm going into the playoffs because as much as people overhype the hire, and I'm not saying he's not, a, it's not a good hire, but really put a lot of stock into Quinn Snyder turning this around. The problem was Nate. It's more Nate than the players. And some people have put blame on the players and say they need to be more accountable to their craft and to each other and as a team. But Quinn Snyder did not come and put magic pixie dust on his team. And now this is a different team. What we saw post all-star break was a fresh team, maybe some people on the team more than others excited about the move from Neyman Miller. And it was almost fool's gold. Cause now we're seeing the Hawks that we've been seeing all year, the inconsistency. And you got only got a few games. Um, like I said, eight, nine games left to try to find some continuity down the stretch. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what transpires. Um, but it's been great to talk to you guys in the booth today. Um, won't be won't be traveling for next couple of weeks before I move. So we'll be posting more regularly. So you can expect that as we wind things down down the stretch and get closer and closer to the playoffs, which your Hawks should be in it. They should be in it, but building blocks. They got to build towards that. Got to build some consistency here. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us good reviews. Share it and tell everybody that Sports Youth Thoughts Atlanta Hawks is back. We're back. I apologize for being gone, but we're back. And put them onto this program. As playoffs inch nearer and nearer, we're going to try to have a little bit more guest on the show, get some more insider information as far as trying to keep you in tune with this Atlanta Hawks team. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter for more updates at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. We'll catch you guys after the game saturday against the indiana pacers look forward to next week a little bit more dive more into the numbers and i get to actually sit back and see if the hawks will rebound and get their get back against the pacers and try to get in the rhythm build some consistency going into the playing game we'll catch you guys next time as always let's go hawks